0: Thank you for choosing Talks News, your only source into autonomous research and development. I am your host, a wacko weirdo, rebel scum, Jedi hero, and today's date be May 11th, 2021. And as usual, we are pledging allegiance to liberty and justice for all. I accidentally restarted the music rather than doing my classic fade out little jumbled together. Let's, let's get the ball rolling. though. uh, per usual, the weekly militia watch update is here live and direct. So before getting into the couple of video segments of conservative cringism, uh, we're going to get into this update here. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Here is another weekly update from militia watch and you can find it the link in the description below where they usually have further readings inside this update within itself. And you can always go to militia watch and get your updates and get your articles on militias. And you can also follow them on Twitter at militia watch. So uh, this week, Minnesota boogaloo boy joins comrade ple- pleads guilty to terror charges. Wisconsin man charged with terrorism for Wolverine plot involvement, Georgia, stone mountain participant charged for role in j6 and the sixth state this year passes 2 a sanctuary legislation so michael solomon of minnesota is the second of two boogaloo adherents to plead guilty to federal terrorism charges related to their activities in the wake of george floyd's murder he and Benjamin Teeter of North Carolina participated in armed patrols around Minneapolis before talking to undercover informants who claim to be members of Hamas. Hamas in the news today, uh, or I guess this week, mainly because of the uh, t- rising tensions going on in Israel-Palestine. Um, I will probably get to the Ben Shapiro segment here. Not this episode. There's definitely a little bit more uh, context and backstory to get into before I tackle literally the entire video of misinformation. But the, all of that is irrelevant specifically here to this article. I just find it very funny that this, uh, this guy was posing as a member of Hamas, you know, the Palestine authority. So that's interesting. Uh, Teeter pled guilty later last year, late last year. Apologies. Yep. So, uh, Michael Solomon of Minnesota and Benjamin Teeter of North Carolina participated in armed patrols around Minneapolis before talking to undercover informants who claimed to be members of Hamas. That is very weird. I wonder if um, maybe the Boogaloo adherents do have a bit more of, um, I would say, hmm, sympathies towards the Hamas leadership out in Palestine. Maybe uh, I do think that's very interesting that that's the group that the sting or the undercover cops use to uh sting them. So it's it's pretty interesting stuff right there. um uh, Brian, moving on. Brian Higgins, a Wisconsin man charged in association with the alleged Michigan kidnapping plot, was arraigned last week. He was charged with one count of providing material support to an act of terrorism, and his bail was set at one hundred thousand dollars. Glenn Mitchell Simon of Georgia is one of the newest charge related to the J6 storming of the U.S. Capitol building. Simon was also an attendee to the August 2020 neo Confederate militia rally in Stone Mountain, which was covered by Militia Watch, and you can find further reading in this article. He has also said that he has traveled to several other states since some t- uh, since summer 2020 to counter demonstrate against BLM protests. Cool beans. Christopher Worrell, a Proud Boys member charged in J6, was denied a request to be released from custody. Evidence in his trial includes footage of him spraying pepper spray at police as part of the J6 storming. He also attended November Million MAGA March events in D.C., during which he professed his expertise about ice cream sandwiches. Part of Warrell's request to be released was because he said his D.C. jurors, quote, voted almost... Un, un... Wait, un... Hold on. Let me rebe- restart this one. Part of Worrell's request to be released was because he said his D.C. jurors, quote, voted almost unanimously against Donald Trump, unquote. Very interesting. He did not think that he was being judged by his peers. I don't know. Like, that kind of concerns me because like, I feel like you could make that argument in any court case. I guess it's very specific here to the J six, but I feel like you could, yeah, they don't agree with me politically. This jury is not of my peers, you know? Alrighty. Oklahoma became the sixth state this year to ratify a bill, making the state a second amendment sanctuary, allowing it to claim it supersedes the federal government regarding gun restrictions. Arizona, Arkansas, Montana, and West Virginia all passed similar legislation in April of this year. Prior to 2021, other states also passed similar laws at the state level. Alaska in July 2010, Idaho March 2014, Kansas April 2013, and Wyoming March 2010. More counties throughout the country have also passed similar bills at a county or local level, and it's unclear if any of these will technically hold up in court. Republicans in Texas indicate that a seventh state is requ- is considering a similar approach. Ha ha ha. Yep, very interesting. Uh, I don't really see the federal government uh, coming for everybody's guns, but, um, you know, these politicians are going to pass that legislation. Be damned. You know, they're they're going out of their way to do it. The Biden administration has been weighing several new policy initiatives regarding the far right in the U.S. One potential put forward is particularly Kafkaesque, which is contracting private intelligence firms to surveil these groups. This would appear to be intended to smooth over a technicality that blocks the DHS from legally monitoring U.S. residents. It's very funny that the government does worry about legal... Uh, you know, overreach from time to time. Uh, they they always need the pretext of like, well, this is, you know, legal since we wrote the law, you know. Um, anyways, some of this is likely related to pushes that are exemplified by this week's Senate questions against the FBI for failing to stop the J6 breach. Uh, this is part of a larger package that does mark a shift from Trump, but it is yet unclear how legal or effective it truly may be given new knowledge about the white house ordering the phone records of washington post reporters surfaced this past week setting precedent like this could mean further surveillance of other political adversaries during or after biden's term and that's usually you know the 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 pretext that everybody worries about they put in legislation against right-wing groups and left-wing has uh concerns that it will be eventually used against them and vice versa so it's you know it's it's always this pendulum swinging you know the, the 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 far right do something that uh begs the leviathan to crack down and uh tighten security and then left-wing movements suffer because of it and you know the same as well like when uh the pretext to take everyone's guns away in the 60s was mostly for the black panthers because they scared a bunch of white people Alrighty, so we got Oath Keepers, Uh, further reading on Oath Keepers' sketchy finance setup coming from BuzzFeed. And there's also Carlos Zapata's nine-plus months of threats and violence at Critics, which comes from a news cafe. And you can find those in the description below inside this Militia Watch update. Now, wonderful. The Militia has been updated, or at least you have been updated of the Militias. Uh, And my... Setup is just working. This is something that I know I was taught. And this is something Mm. right now. Flawlessly. I have a laptop from the year 2011. And this is what I'm using to record the podcast. So when you hear technical difficulties, that is exactly what is happening. A laptop that is about 10 years old, uh, basically just trying to keep its shit together. Anyways, as you could probably tell from the accidental playing of that segment, we're getting into Louder with Crowder um he did like a two-parter which i think he released on separate days but allegedly debunking the slave patrol police myth oh boy let's do it let's hear him allegedly debunk this myth so this is something they teach (laughs) they're going to be teaching in
1: schools and this is something that i know i was taught and this is something Mm. right now um that if you run a, you know bring up this overlay first if you run a search just to give you an idea if you run a search right now police force, slave patrol, right? Is, are are the American police rooted in racism, slave patrols? You will not find on YouTube. You will not find on Google. You might find one, I saw one op-ed from the Baltimore Sun. Everything else claims that it's true. Way, way down the list, Snopes said mixed. When Snopes says mixed, you know, and it's a leftist claim, you know what that means, Mm. they're saying, this is pretty much a stretch. There is no basis in reality, I wanna be really clear, and you need to be able to educate your children who will be indoctrinated with this. Because look, if you say the police force is racist, it was rooted in racism, then you delegitimize the entire police force. Kinda like you guys wanna say that Donald Trump wanted to delegitimize a presidency by saying there might be some actual, uh, some fraud at play here. You guys want to say there were, uh, there was a, 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 there were slave patrols, then there was a police force, ergo police, all racist. And do you know who that harms most? That harms black Americans, most people yeah. who live in urban communities yeah. who need the police more than farmers out in the middle of nowhere in Idaho.
0: So, this- yeah, I guess so. Anyways, before. Like the thing that I find interesting about this discussion is that it does take a bit of critical race theory to actually analyze the origins of policing and figure what pieces of it may have its roots in racism and quite possibly slave patrol. Um, so just to say like outright like this is a ridiculous claim just because you know there's mixed feelings coming from snopes which apparently has validity on crowder's show now just because it kind of fits the narrative but you know anytime snopes actually fact checks something of the right wing persuasion that's when it becomes like oh well it's a left leaning it's got a bias we shouldn't take it seriously but yet in this particular segment like even the leftist Snopes says mixed feelings about it so we might want to take that into consideration consideration is just weird very weird crowder because like before usually normally all the time most of the time you don't really even like consider it you don't like fact checkers you know you're not a big fan of them you you yourself is the fact checker isn't that right steven so um let's get back to you debunking since you seem to have all the facts
1: this is a claim i don't want you to take my word for it that you've heard for uh many many years and now they want to teach it in schools uh that was born out of slavery, here's a montage for you. Law enforcement, all built upon them.
2: Policing itself started out as slave patrols. We know that. And so what we gotta do is stop trying to put a Band-Aid on this problem and attack the institution uh, that is perpetuating this culture. This is not a training issue. This is much the more... The guy on Fox really looks like Superman with the the alcoholic hepatitis, doesn't yeah. it? Most Brent people don't yeah. know yeah. that the forefathers of what is
1: our modern-day policing were slave patrols. For much of U.S. history, law enforcement meant enforcing laws that were explicitly designed to subjugate black people. Some of America's first law enforcement units were the slave patrols tasked with capturing and returning people who'd escaped from slavery. Well, you know, it's actually, it's kind of ironic because the original constables that we had before an official police force were yep. based on old England law where they had a ah, the system of uh, of police over there. That's interesting. Yeah, but he wants to, I, you know what, look, I know people, we're, we welcome,
0: you know, bring us your poor, your tired, your hungry, your mediocre. It's very funny to be like, well, we modeled them after the English constables. Dude, like, just because we, like, it's a, it's a, it's an offshoot of something that already exists doesn't mean that we have a different origin story of like what specifically police have existed throughout the entirety existence of society. As long as there are laws, there were a need or a requirement of those to enforce those laws. So it's very weird that you would say, "Well, we're just modeling the English constables and why aren't we talking about their racism?" Well, because we're living in America and we're dealing with American laws and our institutions. So that's just weird. Just weird to you know pivot that way, rather than you know directly talking about the arguments being presented to you.
1: Booker hosts, we understand it. <laughs> but
0: yeah, there is Mexican something that racist. rubs
1: us, yeah Mexican racist.: that Mexican. rubs us the wrong way about a person who sounds like everyone we left telling us how we should do it here <laughs> when we only
3: copied.
0: And yet that's also very amazing to me because Crowder's like from Canada we we left like i'm getting my fucking exclusionary on now that like crowder's considering us we left and that we you know we gave up all of those things and homeboys from canada like john oliver has just as much right to criticize uh american policing since he is a resident citizen of america as much as crowder so we like weird that like an immigrant saying like an immigrant has no place that's so weird them Right,
3: first place
1: for a small part. Try then we to get rid of it, the, well, for the police. Yeah. So uh,
0: again, like I said, there's a bunch
1: of censorship at play here, and this is the, these are the general claims. It's important because you'll even see this is what bothers me. You have leftist pseudo intellectuals who make these arguments, and then you have people on the right. You have conservative pseudo intellectuals, and I mean pseudo intellectuals who say, "Well, I don't really. This isn't really widespread. This is a fringe idea. No, it's not. It's not only no longer a fringe idea. They have a forced
0: captive audience yeah. with your children." And then in university, 16 years, Joe Biden, I think it's very also fascinating that Crowder is like worried about this kind of thing that, you know, police departments adopted slave patrol tactics like that, that that is like so radical that we need to be worried about it going into the mainstream when it was like nowhere near my my uh, public school education. My public school education was like, yes, we had slaves, but we ultimately freed them, making us the good guys it yeah there's there's not much of an in depth look like because you know we don't we didn't have critical race theory when I was in public school in my you know k through twelve days um that's something that would predominantly come into your history lessons as you started to hit college and That seems to be kind of changing as like we're starting to recognize that people on every level, whether it's common knowledge or the academic, need to be aware of our race relation history within this nation. It's just very weird now that like something that is like broader, more in-depth history is a radical fringe thing that needs to be beaten back before it becomes common knowledge. Yikes dude like that's just that's so yikes because it's it's critical thinking like it's it's actually observing history as it was and not just glossing over it with the pretty parts you know wants now
1: teach this to kids and then make sure that taxpayer dollars fund that kind of education for 16 years let's go through this claim by claim the most popular claims if you if you see that i've missed one or you have some questions we'll take them in chat later on mug club uh or uh, just submit them comment below uh which ones you think we've missed because it's hard to kind of put this
3: and just quickly we did math wrong yesterday it's 17 years kindergarten one through 12 plus two plus two Oh, so you also saw the tweet.
0: Yeah. I did see the. T- Why are all of them wearing body armor inside of the studio? I know this is podcast format, so you can't see any of this, but they are all. I think maybe except for a couple of them, like the audio engineers, are wearing body armor inside a studio. Around just e- each other. What what is what is this? Like, what kind of flex is this? Is it the idea that they're, you know, like, uh, they got targets on them, so they have to wear body armor, even if they're in the safest place they possibly could be? Or is it just like the idea, like, we support the police, we wear vests, too, because we go out in these streets worried that a black person's just going to shoot us when we pull them over? Like, what is the point of the bulletproof vest right now? And the fact that everybody's wearing it. It's weird tweet they're the like gentlemen... you they guys suck
3: at math so let's go to some of these
0: claims here uh that police were formed
1: specifically to catch runaway slaves the structure of this country whether we want to admit it or not is based on racism uh, did someone hook a battery up to the sink before trade, he the came on to this show? slave trade. and the country was built <laughs> saw on you home Alone. black folks who made this
2: country
0: that's awesome like that that like hooking oh my god electric like i'm Oh, I am like 90% sure that was some racist shit. Just like, I, I like, mm. just making a comment about his hair. I, I know, you know, like making a comment about someone's hair isn't necessarily, um, you know, an attack on their racial identity. But in some cases, it is. In some cases, it is. And if if you got to make a comment, the fact that some dude has an afro. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm not going to. It was just so subtle. That was just so, that was so under the radar, Crowder. Holy shit. Wow. As great
1: as it is, whatever that means. And until we recognize that, and specifically policing, it was built on slave catching. That's the, the institutional policing was built on slave catching. Now, now the only legitimate excuse for uh, Kamal Bell, comedian, by the way, you always know <laughs> they're a comedian when they have to remind you. Looking that way in that show is if, immediately before, and he said, yeah, yeah, I'm ready for hate. I just gotta wash my hands. <laughs>
2: We gotta talk to Samson (laughs) So, okay, that's the basis
1: of it Look, this is
0: one thing too We're gonna do a segment tomorrow on Like yet again, just like I don't know how many times they do this They play a clip of somebody who makes an argument Makes a case, does a premises And a conclusion And yet, he makes a joke about the hair again In the weirdest way too and Completely unfunny I don't know who the fuck finds this shit funny or just specifically that joke. That was horrible. Just so dumb. But like the fact that you would never address the argument after you come out of a clip and immediately just go with this dumb joke to attack the way that he looks. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, like. Ah. Uh, there's millions of people viewing this shit. And consuming it as if it was Popeye's spinach when actually it's just Popeye's like cum and shit. Like what the fuck, dude?
1: wow, on D.C. statehood, does it pass a sniff test? And what do I yeah. mean, sniff test? You go, hold on a second, okay. You start off with a macro view. They're claiming that this is why the police exist. With D.C. statehood, I hadn't done a ton of research on it recently. Yeah. Because I remember the first time I looked it up, people were saying, why is D.C. the only place that doesn't know it's not a state? And I went, you yeah, know, that's a good question. Why is it? And I looked it up, and I said, oh, to be impartial. That makes sense. Oh, a lot of other yeah, that that completely make a lot makes of sense, sense yeah. as to
0: why it would be different. Right. It's congruent with the other reasons that it's unique. Same thing. What 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 is that excuse? That DC has to remain not a state to be impartial even though it has like citizens like every other metropolitan area that also, you know, Virginia, Maryland, they've all got citizens. They're all very not Virginia, but Maryland's incredibly tiny, right? And New Hampshire incredibly small state and yet for some reason they have people who live within them who have representation why specifically is dc supposed to remain impartial is it, it's because it has congress and it has uh uh the president right that's why I'm assuming that's why so then isn't it an even bigger problem that we still stick with the duopoly system where apparently we have to have a left versus a right kind of politics that would require the impartiality for one particular state to remain in and if it was to have that impartiality why would we have people living in there and paying taxes it's just strange that that was that's a strange argument to make to to keep state like statehood away from dc rather than just like actually moving progressively forward through our political system
1: here you go oh hold on a second they say that it's it's was created for but wait sniff test do other countries have police has have there been police forces yes
0: every society ancient rome oh my god every society has had a police force there's no way they could all be racist is his argument Jesus Christ. He he, he brings up Roman Greeks, too, as if they didn't have slaves and they also didn't use their police forces to go round up runaway slaves. Like, what are you... (laughs) Bruh. (laughs) The sniff test, but, like, you're just... Oh, my God, you're sniffing through your ear. Like, what the fuck are you saying, Crowder? Like... (laughs)
1: Rome, Augustus Caesar, created a yeah. police force. In England, in the 13th century, they formed a body of constables and justices to keep the peace, which we mimicked here in the United States. Pretty similar, I think
0: it was uh, 1630s is when we did it. And uh, There's been police everywhere. There's been police everywhere. How can ours be rooted in slavery? <laughs> like, how does, that's like his baseline value of the sniff test. Like, we couldn't have st- slave patrols. <laughs> because everybody had police <laughs> haha proof you know rather than actually like dissecting you know history and getting context you know proper good whole american wholesome context um let's see let's go down here uh all right and i'm just going to say real quick i'll i'll recommend a couple a couple things there is a podcast uh, by Robert Evans from iHeartRadio. He does Behind the Bastards, which is one of my favorite podcasts of all time, where he usually goes into the history of histories, mo- or like, he reads stories of history's most bastardy bastards. Great podcast. He brings a comedian on. Good time. He's done other projects, uh, such as what, 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 uh, It Could Happen Here, um, The Women's War, talking about the Civil War in Rojava. Um Syria Rojava and then I'm missing one. It could happen here. Uh the War on Everyone where he focuses in on on uh American far right fascism and all of that but he has behind the police which he brings on a rapper slash another podcaster named propaganda and they kind of break down a bit of the history between the slave patrols and the first police departments both in the union north and the confederate south so if you're interested in an easy listen while you're getting shit done and it's kind of funny from time to time uh behind the police is one of my highest recommendations um Let's see the end of policing. Let me see if I can find the author again. The end of policing is a really good book. Um, I would highly recommend that by Alex S. Vitale. Uh, check that one out. It was free. Like last month, the digital version or last year it was free, but now I think it's about 10 bucks for the visual, uh, the digital version. Yeah. 10 bucks ebook. Um, you can get it for free with an audible premium, uh, uh subscription on audible so if you want to listen to it on the go there's that option as well but you can also find it at bookstores uh the end of policing is a really good one and then there's another recommendation here within this article that i'm going to be using here uh no i'm on the wrong page let's see here scroll 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 we have slave patrols law and violence in virginia and the carolinas by sally hayden who is a historian there is three options for you that are much better than the rest of the, let's see, eight minutes of this Crowder video. So again, Behind the Police with Robert Evans and Prop, Propaganda, uh, that's his artist name, not that it is Propaganda, that's his artist name. So anyways, Behind the Police, End of Policing, and uh, Slave Patrol's Law and Violence in Virginia in the Carolinas there there is three sources that will be substantially and nutritionally better and more empowering if you are that interested in history than what we're about to go through right now I can only assume so let's begin also by the way
1: today every non-white society still has police forces in one form or another granted yeah. it might be coney <laughs> <laughs> but you take what you can get. The point is, is, are all these African (laughs) countries racist? Are all these Middle Eastern countries racist?
0: It doesn't pass that initial sniff test. No one. It's just so amazing. Like, because everybody has police, you they can't, like, police can't be racist. It's a thing that happens around the world. Where there are law, there is law enforcement. And if that is so, then it can't be racist. As if like, you know, China didn't use its law enforcement to actually gather up. It probably used military, which is basically a federalized version of law enforcement. Um, they used them to gather up all the Uyghur Muslims and take them to their re-education camps where we are still to this day designating it as an active genocide. So is that not racist?
3: I don't know, man. I don't know. There's There's military servicemen around the globe.
0: I don't know. Anyways... Um, from this specific article here just to give a little bit of historical context since you know We're not getting any so far. We're getting the argument that there are cops everywhere thus cops can't be racist um, first formed in 1704 in South Carolina patrols lasted over a 150 years only technically ending with the abolition of slavery during the Civil War however Just because the patrols lost their lawful status did not mean that their influence died out in 1865. Sally Haddon argues, and she wrote the the book that I mentioned earlier, argues there are distinct parallels between the legal slave patrols before the war and extra legal terrorization tactics used by vigilante groups during Reconstruction, most notoriously the Ku Klux Klan. After the Civil War, Southern police departments often carried over aspects of the slave patrols. These included systematic surveillance, the enforcement of curfews, and even notions of who could become a police officer. Though a small number of African Americans joined the police force in the South during Reconstruction, they met active resistance. Though law enforcement looks very different today, the profession developed from practices implemented in the colonies. It's almost as if shit doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's almost as if everything is an involvement of past events. But not on Crowder's show. Crowder lives in a blank void where things come and go and he has to address them as is.
3: One from Brett Bear to anybody else that we saw there from CNN or MSNBC said one word like, "Well, there's." An fair, I don't know if
1: some of them did down the line or corrected well, I, after the segment.
3: I, I've watched a lot of these two and I haven't seen that. Yeah, yet. Haven't so you're right. If they did do it, then then that's we don't want talking. another sixteen, seventeen scandal well, in our oh. midst, folks. Come, come a <laughs> bell or whatever his name is. It's sixteen gate <laughs> didn't get uh-huh. changed. He he didn't get challenged. No, he all. didn't. Well, and also, so we had these the system of constables it's uh, better than eighteen injustices. gate.
1: And then the first modern police department for people, it was created in Boston in 1838, immediately followed by yeah. New York City. Uh, I believe it was in Albany, Chicago, Albany, Philadelphia, yep. a lot of Northeast places where slavery was outlawed. So again, yeah. this is something they'll make the claim well, look at, these, uh, look at these slave patrols. Sure, they existed, but to try and say that the Minneapolis police department today is based on some kind of a slave patrol from yeah. the Annabelle himself That's
0: doesn't pass the sniff test. So then we change into a modern police force, organized. Sort you would have to specifically look into that police department in the first place. Which one did he, was he mentioning?
1: Department today, Hold on. places where slavery was outlawed. So again, yeah. this is something they'll make the claim. we well, look at these, uh, look at these slave patrols. Sure, they existed. But to try and say that the Minneapolis police department today is based on some kind of a slave patrol from yeah. the Annabelle himself That's doesn't pass the sniff test. So then we change into a modern police force, organized sort of bureaucratic police departments. They were formed specifically in urban areas, American cities for the purpose of reducing crime, often mob violence against blacks in a Mm. post-Civil War era. And look, if you want to make the argument that there was quite a bit of union busting that came up from the cops back then because they were trying to strike and they wanted to maintain uh, the economic status quo, sure, you could make that argument. You can't make the argument that it's based in slave patrols.
0: Something else, too. I mean, it's very weird that you can make either or argument as if neither of them were very true. But as my understanding from the uh, the history of behind the the police is that it is indefinitely true that at the same time as we were dismantling uh, the slave patrols or at least their um, I guess their authority as we were dismantling their authority and adopting it into police departments at the same time police departments were used to break and bust unions um there's actually a pretty famous war in colorado dealing with the um i believe it was coal mines um i think that i think what is known as like the coal wars of colorado or something like that lasted for about a year to two years where they literally just wanted eight hour work weeks and higher pay, and yet had to face up against the local police, the uh, National Guard, and Pinkertons. And at one point, the Pinkertons ended up uh, basically massacring a bunch of women and children just because they wanted higher pay and less working hours. They didn't want to be continually worked uh, as if they were indentured servants. So, um, you know, both things can be true. Especially since that one predominantly happened in the later 1800s, uh, closer to the beginning of the 1900s, um, as there were less slaves to catch at the time. So, too, That's pretty important to note. Today, over 15%
1: of police departments are black. They have 15% yeah. of police officers are black. Higher portion than the general population. It's about 12 point something percent. Yeah. That's over a 20% increase mm. of their representation
0: in the general population. That's so pretty good. Apparently they didn't get the That's amazing that like it's it's impressive that 12% of cops are black and that's a 20% increase isn't like from from what were the years on that because like that's not that's not impressive data whatsoever a 20% increase leaving them at 12% there's actually no dates. There's when is the what is the increase from from what years from when from the beginning of time? What are we talking about? An increase mm.
1: of their representation in the general population. That's so pretty good. Apparently yeah. they didn't get the memo Kamal <laughs> Bell and, and by the way, this is something to who does it harm police are far more necessary in large urban areas today Where who's likely to be the victim of black crime black people? Yeah, right police interactions in, in rural areas They're, they're, they're significantly lower than in, say,
0: inner-city Detroit,
1: right? This is something, again, you want to take them away from these neighborhoods? Okay, and we'll get back.
0: I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, Crowder and other right-wing conservatives will argue is that, you know, police, you know, black people need police to protect them from other black people. And I'm not really going to get into the racist implications of that sentence. But the thing is, though, is that, yeah, um, high-crime areas tend to need more police presence because— You guessed it, there's crime. Although there hasn't been shown through any data collection or studies that the uh, presence of police actually decreases the amount of crime. So as far as a deterrent, they're not very successful. As far as something that rounds up people to throw them and lock them away, well, the data shows that they're incredibly good at doing that. And you guessed it, that when you are found guilty of a crime or made a felon, you uh, are much closer to a slave. In fact, it's included in the Constitution, in the amendment that freed the slaves that says that people who are uh, prisoners are exempt. They are are allowed to serve as slaves. So uh, very interesting there how it's not quite rounding up the slaves so much as just kind of recruiting them. Um, But it's not a black cultural problem because white areas that are low income, high in crime have the same kind of problems. So it's not a cultural problem amongst just Black people, as if they exist in a completely, entirely separate culture than the rest of all of America. It's the fact that low crime—or not low crime—low income tends to have correlations of higher crime. So, not you know coming at this from with with absolutely no data to support any of the claims that you're saying, but simply saying that. How can police be racist when black people need them to protect them from other black people? And yet when we hear from a lot of other uh, either black organizations, leaders or black communities, they are just as mad at the police killing killing them as they are as black people killing other black people. It's an attack on multiple fronts and I don't really see anything solving this issue by making the argument that we should just leave policing the way it is, or leaving the material conditions that leads to these high crime rates the way it is. I don't see anything actually productive coming out of this conversation whatsoever, but I do think that if we taught our kids the actual history of this country a lot more in depth than other than just saying, yes, we had slaves, but we also freed them, so we kind of did right by everybody. If we could get more in depth than that, we might have more critical thinking leaders in the future who can actually address the social conditions that we are currently facing and will continue to face because right now our leaders are completely neglectful, inept and dumb. So cool.
1: Back to how uh, most black people feel about that statistically right now, not going to be a white
0: person speaking for black people because yeah. then I would be like the former vice president Joe Biden. Here- <laughs> and yet he just did. He's like, I'm not going to speak for black people. And yet he was like, black people really want cops in their neighborhoods because there's other black people killing. Like, he just did that. He just did it. Ugh.
1: There's another one that people That's, say, okay, well, yes. all right, fine. So maybe it's not based on the slave patrols if you look at it. But, but still, slave patrols were a thing, right? Do any of us yeah. deny that those existed? That's the other argument. They'll sort of walk you down the trail to clip.
2: But the fourth area, which is, for 400 years, has been a problem in our country, racial relations and the role of police in that with the original slave catchers, then during segregation, we enforced that. That is still the uh, unresolved issue.
1: Yeah, well, that walking anti-Semitic cartoon is uh, (laughs) off base. He was probably there. Yeah, he's probably there. <laughs> First hand no. so,
2: look, like, I sent him back.
1: Slave-catching militias did exist in the South, okay? Right. Of course, yeah. this yeah, is but absolutely true.
2: Policing, that's definition policing, that's it. It has nothing to do with the actual police or what right. it is now. It's just a word that can be attributed to both things. It doesn't mean that the actual force is based on that.
1: No, exactly, and that's important. Also, when yeah. you look at their when you look at their realms of authority, very different. So slave-catching militias, um, they, they had nothing to do with policing systems that both sort of predated them or the official policing system thereafter. Now there are different, uh, people will claim some different dates. The most accurate that I can find is the first slave patrols appeared in uh, the South in 1704. I believe it was one of the Carolinas. I don't know. You have it in the overlay. One of you guys can let me know. This was after the Civil War. Uh, This was the Republicans, Reconstruction era, right? The Republican North Mm -hmm. who won, forced the Democrat South who lost to acknowledge the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendments, which made slavery, therefore slave patrols, illegal.
3: Hmm,
2: it right, was just the Carolina colonies back.
0: Yeah, and after I had given you a little bit of historical context, it was 150 years after that that slave patrol was founded. So in 1704, uh, they were, and then 150 years later, about 160, they were found to be illegal because slaves no longer existed within the United States. Less you be charged of a felony.
1: Then. Carolina, Carolina Colonies, colonies back colonies. then. <laughs> I knew it started with a C though. Just like the White House dot. Uh, by <laughs> contrast, uh, the, this is important to note, the police force, they still existed. Yeah. Slavery outlawed, the police force existed, and even included black Americans. In 1867, African Americans, black, they were appointed to the police department in, you may not know this, Selma, Alabama. Wow. Kind oh. of iconic there. Unbelievable. So this is important for people uh, to understand that the, the official American police force Now their job was to enforce the laws. Part of that was breaking up slave patrols. Yeah, it was. There was a, a, an American government waged war against these slave patrol militias, including, by the way, the United States Navy engaged in anti-slave patrol, anti-anti-slave patrol, anti-slave patrol. They fought slave patrols.
0: <laughs> so,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, they woo, fought slave patrols, there.
0: and yeah. you can't find this online. You can bring up that overlay. See, this is exactly the same kind of history lesson I'm telling you: is that like, yes, we had slave patrols, but then our navy came through and broke them up. So so we're actually the good guys it's like hmm, we still did a little bit of both and we had to pass legislation and spill a bunch of blood before we actually got to the point where the things that we thought were wrong were no longer right or in existence so it's just very fascinating that's literally like the encompassing of my entire american history lesson into like a, one example from Steven crowder That's from Thomas So, again, just because uh just because the u s Navy broke apart the organizations that were known as slave patrols does not mean that our police departments did not adopt some of the tactics or maybe even some of the people who worked for those slave patrols. Did they arrest the people who were slave patrollers? Probably not, probably not all of them. Maybe some. I doubt. I, I, I doubt very much that a lot of them went to jail, but I could see a lot of them just easily moving into a police force since they had the necessary training already. Right? So. we had. To, I had to go
1: back to yeah. a hard copy of Thomas Sowell's book. And find it? I could not find it. I had to go into wow. one of those uh, book websites. I think it might have been Goodreads or yeah, Audible. Yeah. Type in Thomas Soul,
0: police slave patrol, U.S. Navy, to find it. Oh my And gosh. Thomas Soul—that's a white
1: man. This is also something people. Slave patrols, not only.
0: That's funny. I like how like they're like, oh yeah, and you know, Thomas Soul would know so much about this uh, because uh, uh, he's black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And I I have done one video of Thomas Sowell and he's very much just he's he's a he's a liar just as much as any of them. It's very fast fascinating to me about Thomas Sowell too is that he's an intellectual who like goes off of the image and appearance of being an anti intellectual. He he's he's a walking double think, you know? It's uh Ugh. Anyways. Let's see here. Without warrant or permission, slave patrols could enter the home of anyone black or white suspected of sheltering escaped slaves. All right. The first black codes were passed in 1865, shortly after the ratification of the 13th Amendment outlawing slavery. The codes were laws that specified how, when, and where freed slaves could work and how much they would be paid. Essentially, the black codes maintained the de facto structure of slavery without formally calling it slavery. Other black codes restricted blacks' right to vote, dedicated how and where they could travel and where they could live, because many ex-Confederate soldiers had transitioned to working in policing or elsewhere in the justice system aka possibly judges the justice system including law enforcement perpetuated the oppression of african americans in the 1880s new forms of black codes known as jim crow laws were enacted across southern states in effect until 18 or 1965 these new laws prohibited blacks and whites from sharing public spaces such as schools libraries bathrooms and restaurants the hardships of life for american african americans in the jim crow south Mississippi specifically, are the focus of a recent book by Jim Sturkey called Hattiesburg, an American city in black and white. And there's another, you know, good source if you really want it. Perhaps the most infamous image from this era is the separate but equal water fountain for white versus colored individuals taken in uh, 1950 by Elliot Erwitt in North Carolina. Blacks who broke the law or violated norms during the Jim Crow period were often met with brutality at the hands of the police. So there is a much direct, since the, you know, the adoption of slave patrollers into the police departments or the adoption of slave patrol tactics is an invalid argument to Steven Crowder. There is at least a hundred years worth of more history where law enforcement were mainly used to police black people after they had been freed from slaves. Are freed from slavery, which I find interesting is because every time we have, like I said, the the American history lesson, or at least in the common knowledges is that we were slave owners and then we freed the slaves and then no more racism. And then, and then a hundred years later we gave them voting rights and guess what? Even less racism than before. And it's, never gone away you do you really think that the confederates lost the war the ones who survived and went about their days completely like just absolved of every feeling that they had before they had gone to war fighting to keep slaves in chains do you think they just went and erased all of that white uh supremacy out of them you think it just Magically disappeared out of them also on top of the fact that even Union soldiers weren't like were not like were white supremacists not 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 to the same extent as you know the Confederates but even Abraham Lincoln was a white supremacist and there's a very famous quote that goes around by him that if he were to make the choice that a white man would always remain president. All right that was a lot for me. That was a lot and i'm surprised this is going to be a long episode so if you've already had enough just finish this clip and then bounce like this is this is going to be a long one
1: not only were they not official police yeah um the united states police have never been slave patrol modern policing departments like we said they existed to fight slave patrols
0: now i understand there were some obviously modern police departments were not brought up (laughs) to 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 destroy slave patrols again there were already military it was the military that was used to go through and destroy these the other police departments were usually brought up to protect property to keep an eye on the now freed slaves and also bust unions which originally started out as you know rich people would kind of pay for these private services but then it became too much of a financial burden on 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 them so the the, the rich capitalists of the time the industrialists you know they they found a way to get the states to adopt these police departments and uh, basically uh what we what we we consider now deputize them and now we all pay for them through our taxes originally they were private entities mainly for the capitalists use of protecting of property uh, but later as time evolved they realized well we can actually use this to protect our property and also um, let's see hmm what, what, what's the word I'm looking here not manipulate but you know kind of herd the masses into law and order while they also pay for it so Again, there's there's extensive reading in history on this, so um, there's no reason that Crowder shouldn't be aware of this, because if he did this much research to prepare himself for his show, then I would think that he would know these things and is just cherry picking the info that fits into a conservative worldview that that would be my assumption here.
1: Uh, vigilante groups the KKK right these
0: places exist they stuck around after the war
1: but since this was illegal they passed uh, Congress passed the KKK Act of 1871 um, and martial law allowed for the arrest of the KKK in South Carolina here's something else that is important you just talked about the policing definition
0: no and then when Woodrow Wilson maybe not at the exact same time but in the 1920s the KKK made a resurgence and Woodrow Wilson Um, didn't do anything about them. You know, Woodrow Wilson being a Civil War uh, lost cause revisionist himself, sympathizing with the Confederates and segregating the federal government, uh, you know, their own employees from each other. um, The KKK was able to make a successful resurgence in the 1920s. Uh, And from what I understand, too, is that it became more of like an MLM, like a, uh, you know, kind of a pyramid scheme but you know that's that's for later that's 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 for other stuff um the the thing that sucks about america is that we are suffering many crises or crises and many issues problems um a lot of things are deteriorating and a lot of things are becoming more hazardous more dangerous and It's just unfortunate because people should be able to come become as familiar with a certain social issue as they possibly can. Like if we were more familiar with a lot of these issues, we could attack one one by one. But since we're so scatterbrained, we constantly just gather as much, you know, as much information as we can to argue our side. And then we go and and we do that. Never really actually solving anything uh, radically enough. In my own personal opinion, everything seems to kind of go in increments. But yeah, it's 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 just a bummer. So like, while I can just offer all of this, uh, not all of it, but I can offer some resources into some autonomous research and development for you to become better familiarized with the history of policing in America. It's just one issue that we're facing, and it's not like everybody can spend or dedicate an entire year to becoming familiarized with that subject and. You know let the other one let the other crises fall to the wayside if you're constantly engaging in these political debates whether it be on twitter or in the streets so it's just very unfortunate uh, just. i know i'm getting a little nerdy here but this matters yeah comparing modern
1: police to slave patrols is like comparing the fbi to mall security guards they never slave patrols never had the authority to do what modern police do right they didn't give traffic citations
0: they didn't respond because that wasn't required of them, and we didn't have cars. What the fuck kind of argument was that? Traffic violations? They were on horses, bitch. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my god. They didn't have the same authority. They weren't giving out traffic citations. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> In 1704, they weren't giving out traffic citations, Crowder. No fucking way.
1: <laughs> Spawned domestic disputes from free people. They existed solely to retrieve slaves to their Southern
0: Democrat slave owners. Yeah. Which they had the authority to do. Like, there would be nobody before 1865 that would say, Hey, you slave patroller, that's illegal for you to do. You know why? Crowder, because they had the authority to do it. There was no reason for them to have authority for traffic citations. They were slave patrol. <laughs> oh man, I, I get why this show's funny now is because you're, like the parts where you're supposed to take him serious is where he like really dumbs it down, and that's very funny to me. That is very funny.
1: Oh shit. They didn't have authority over non-slaves. It's much more like a private security firm. Their main functions where I have this are to make sure chase down, return to the owners, runaway slaves to provide a form of organized terror to dis- deter slave revolts and uh, to maintain
0: my. Oh, my God. In the uh, like he pulls up this source, which is the history of policing in the United States. Part one. It is a full on free reading that you can find through Google. And not once does he try to actually pick apart the arguments or even the historical context that is given in this. Not once does he try to debunk the myth using the wow. Fucking wow. He uses a piece to reinforce his point here, but if you were to read the entire thing, it would debunk his entire segment. My hat's off to you Crowder because anybody taking in this shit is wow. Ho ho, ho ho, oh man. All right. Wow. Like he straight up uses a source that would debunk his, in- the entire point of the existence of this video segment. And he uses it to reinforce a point that he is making that slave patrol did not have the same authority as today's police departments, which of course they didn't because again, it was a different time, a different place and they were operating for different reasons. Holy shit, bro. Ugh. Like, people get these platforms, they get these, like, they get so many eyeballs and so many ears and so many brains to develop and, you know, bring into civil discourse and good faith discussion and you know, maybe even some self-actualization that will lead to better development of the person. But no, they use their platform and they use their power to do the exact opposite, which is convince every single one of us who live on the bottom line of shit to to fight against our our best interests. It is so weird. Like, our best interest has nothing to do with the status quo and the way things are. It always has to do with how things could be better. And that's what he's arguing against. Oh, just imagine if all of these conservatives just chose one day to use their power actually for the best interest of others rather than for themselves and the people they work for. And imagine, like, how quickly shit could change. That's, oh my god.
1: ...summary justice outside of the law. This These were their roles. To act as though that's the same as a cop saying, hey, you know what, You were uh, you were going too fast yeah or hey you can't beat your wife they never had that authority weren't they hired by
3: the plantation owners yes yeah so they okay. were they were like uh what what are the dog the bounty hunter they're like kind of bounty hunters they like were either mercenaries plantation. they were yeah. either
1: democrat racist plantation owners themselves right. who formed these militias yeah or they hired they outsourced private sort of militia security
0: you know the 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 political parties in the united states haven't always been uh republican democrats Just so you know, because I'm sure there were slave owners that weren't Republican. Apparently, from my understanding, is that the Republican Party did separate from the Whigs because of the slavery issue. The Whigs did not want to give up slavery. Republicans did. And that's where the split happened. Um, But yeah, I think Democrats didn't even come into power until about the 1800s so even before then there wasn't necessarily the republican democrat dichotomy that we're still suffering through today so um yeah it's just weird because they always focus in like oh yeah the kkk was a democratic party oh yeah the racist uh, confederates were democrats and they use that today as if to pretend that like republicans in the 50s didn't fight really hard to keep jim crow
3: sometimes for profit. So, I mean, they prime, were
0: a
2: private security firm. Effectively,
1: yeah. not yeah. really think about yeah, it. Yeah, This,
3: this is the laziest argument that I've seen. By the way, when I was doing yeah, research- Yeah, I
0: know. Yeah, me too
3: on this the 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 better argument that i saw and i'm surprised somebody hasn't made against anti-capitalists is that actually business owners were more in favor of a police force to make sure that you had a really working right. class and people to buy your products not to stop crime no they weren't necessarily even worried about that i was like oh you can say the big corporations did it and they
0: suck and you know what else uh
1: this is something i can't say is
0: necessarily i can't yeah. say that this is 100 fact see and that is that is They are getting in some truth here is that, yes, originally they were paid for by the capitalists, by the corporations, by the big money in this country. But then eventually they realized that they could actually convince American people that they needed police force and that you needed to pay for it. So the state basically adopted it. The state adopted what was once before um, privatized property protection agencies and turned them into state law enforcement. And we f- we foot the bill for them. That's how things evolved, but they're ignoring that very last piece about how it evolved. They're just saying, "Ah, see the." the slave patrols were only for the plantation owners, ah. Huh? See, the union busters and uh, the, all of them were just Pinkertons, when Pinkertons are the only ones who probably stayed private throughout this entire thing, which I found out from last year after a Pinkerton shot a protester in uh, in Colorado. Uh, the Pinkertons are still a thing, <laughs> which I'm very, very much surprised about, and I would love to see the Pinkertons make this same kind of argument, how they're not rooted in racism and anti-union busting and all of that shit but um, yeah that this is the reason why but you can look at the trends and why did
1: they include black members in their police force early on when there was still racism going on uh big part of that is because, again, think about this in the time historically, freed black people now, a lot of them yeah. migrating north, they now have purchasing power. Yeah. And so that's important to the economy. And so you want to make sure that they're not the victims of racism in right. these, in these uh, communities, even though you know, slavery was outlawed. So it was important. That's why they actually wanted to make sure to sort of gratiate themselves yeah. to the black community. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the law enforcement was happy to uh, sic- be the security of the black community that was just freed from slavery as if like lynchings were not an epidemic between 1865 and the death of Emmett Till. Like what? Oh my God, dude. Just like the, the complete absence of historical context really just reinforces the white supremacy and the idea that the whites, yes, they did enslave black people, but they figured out that it was wrong. And then they, then, then they figured out that they need police to protect the black people from the racist, bad white people. Mm. Ugh terrible arguments. And like I said, this is going to be a longer episode because we're shit about an hour in and we still have part two to get through. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, if you don't want to hear the rest of this, just hop out and go read a book. Uh, I highly recommend the end of policing. Um, but we're going to get into part two now. Let's move on to the next argument. You hear this a lot from
1: Kamal Bell. Uh, Modern prisons, this is another claim, are just an extension of slavery, right? You see the slave patrol, police force, and then modern prisons, and that just turned the modern police into effectively slave catchers. It's cute, here you go.
3: 13th Amendment to the Constitution makes it unconstitutional for someone to be held as a slave. Uh, In other words, it grants freedom to all Americans. There are exceptions including criminals there's a clause a loophole if you have that embedded in the structure in this constitutional language then it's there to be used as a tool for whichever purposes one wants to use it that is an official <sighs> netflix di- that's
1: like orange is the new crap over there, I guess. I can't believe that's a Netflix would they just did it they-
0: Yet again, rather than deconstructing the argument or going through the argument of the clip that they decided to play, let's just make fun of it by doing an orange is the new black joke as as if that isn't tired and that's the only oh my god. It it kind of fits because thirteenth is talking about uh the 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 evolution of slavery from the streets to the prison halls. Um but I just want to get some context here since Crowder is just going completely ad hominem cartoonish uh, amendment 13 here says section one, neither slavery nor involuntary ser- servitude except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their dis jurisdiction. Section two says Congress shall have no power or shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. So um, section two just reinforces the authority of that. Um, So Amendment 14 also kind of reinforces a lot of rights here. But um, yeah, except as a punishment for crime, except for crime. Yep. So, I mean, it, it was a nice little loophole there for the southern states to say, hey, well, if you can prove that these uh, people that you hate so much have committed a crime, then you can force them into indentured slave which in fact we still kind of participate in today as the past what three years of the wildfires in california uh prison inmates have been used to fight those wildfires and were paid about a dollar a day to do so while also not building the the mm, not being able to as soon as they get out of jail i think they get a reduced time a slightly reduced time and they get a dollar a day But when they get out of jail, they're not allowed to use that training and that experience to then become a uh, firefighter. That's a bit slavish, isn't it? Like using people, paying them really low, and uh, then not really offering them the economic opportunity once they have their own freedom to chase their happiness, as we put it. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I know Crowder thinking like, oh, this is just a ridiculous claim and that's why I get to make fun of it here on my conservative talk show. It has some validity to it and you should treat it as such and you should actually break it apart as if it was an argument and not just some wily statement by a comedian who gets paid too much to misdirect people.
1: Did they pick someone off the street yeah. who looked exclusively bored? Obama's I on the board. Seen the
0: documentary, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a little. They definitely put it together in a way where it is jarring. Oh, of, of course they do.
1: So yeah. of course,
0: look. I like how I like how his criticism is. They 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 per, they give us this information in a way that's jarring, as if like the jarring information, it, like it just isn't that in itself. Like I watched Thirteen, or yeah, I watched that documentary, and fuck, man, it broke my heart. And honestly, if you don't feel any sympathy after watching that documentary, then you just might be a conservative who. um I don't know needs more self-reflection i'm not really sure our prison system's a little bit fucked and um it's very weird that he would say it's presented in a jarring way and not necessarily that it actually had an impact on him because if he was to say that then he would feel sympathy for uh felons and then if you feel sympathy for a felon or even see the humanity in a felon you're no longer a conservative
1: this is again the sniff test to act as though prisons and look, there's a disproportionate amount of black people in prisons right now in the United yeah. States Thanks, America. Kamala. Right, yeah, Kamala, <laughs> Maxine Watt.
0: Yeah, literally just the Democrats. Just the Democrats are the reason why we're seeing the highest incarceration rate in the entire globe, in the so-called freest nation on that same globe. You look at some of these people and how yep. they actually were yeah. fighting against the, the, the crack epidemic. They were more aggressive because they saw, White saw White they were White destroying Rick, their communities. The oh, you mean you mean Ronald Reagan? It's very funny to me because they'll they'll attribute like you know Democrats who did do you know historically racist shit of the time, but then when like Richard Nixon Republican or Ronald Reagan Republican come into the conversation, it's just the sixties and the eighties. You know, there's there's no one to blame. It's just the time. Yeah. serving nonviolent offenders. Yep. <laughs>
1: yep. Um, this is uh, so insulting. <laughs> To members of the black community that oh yeah. they're just being rounded up no, no look look you commit crimes you go to jail regardless of your race now i
0: understand what people everyone here agrees that non-violent drug offenders should not be going to jail right yeah okay ever and- yeah but then like what is the ultimate goal of jail like you commit a crime you go to jail and then what crowder are we expecting recidivism? Is the next goal for recidivism to expect them to be coming back later? Are we keeping them in the prison system to continue to prolong their their life in servitude? Are we planning on just doing you know capital punishment? Are we going to kill everybody that gets convicted of a crime? What is the end goal of jail? Because then we have to also apply our critical thinking to see if that is actually either increasing the effects of racist policies, decreasing the effects of racist policies, or if they're actually helping the citizenry re- rehabilitate, re- rehabilitate themselves to further become good Samaritans. What, what's the actual concern here? Because just saying like, yeah, no duh, we have, if there's crime, we grab criminals and we throw them in jail. Does that really solve the problem? Does it? If we just take everything that we don't like, throw it in a building without windows, does it solve the problem? And I think
1: we, and I think we can then get into the history of the drug war and what happened. Sure, absolutely. But this idea that today police
0: exist simply to be modern slave catchers like they're the dog. It's very interesting that he said we could talk about the war on drugs. We could talk about it, but we're not going to. As if that actually has nothing to do with the racist policies that led to the massive incarceration rate of black communities, which it did. Like that's why I said Nixon. He was very focused on throwing away not only hippies, but he also wanted to throw away black people. It was it was a very targeted focus, and that's actually like people always bring up the argument that it was uh, marijuana was uh, uh, you know criminalized because of the paper industry, or it was criminalized because of big pharma. While some of that may be true, because there's always special interests from different angles. There's also the idea that mostly the black community was smoking these things. And so if we target marijuana, we target them. Voila, a new legalized slave work labor force that nobody will feel sympathy about because you guessed it, they're criminals. It's, it's all interconnected. None of this is happening in a vacuum. We, we can't have a conversation about whether police have racist origins or even adopted racist policies if you can't actually talk about the historical context that led us to the point that we're at today. If you can say, if you'll say that we'll talk about it at some point or we could talk about it, then we're not talking about it and it's not relevant to the discussion that you're having, which seems to be full of fucking holes and it's pissing me off. All right catcher and all dogs go to heaven or uh, insert whatever does need lady in yeah. the tramp it's 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 not
1: true again not to mention that how, how many cops are just a 15% of them are black themselves right now right this is important to note again they didn't get the memo but let's look at the crime rates why are there more yeah. blacks in prisons right now in the united states in 2018 blacks made up 53% of homicides 60% of robberies in the united states despite being 12% of the population right well still 23% less likely to be shot than whites by police
0: but look at the base. Twenty three percent less likely. That is one hell of a spin on that on that on, on that statistic, um, because they're they're three times more likely to be shot by police. So that that's um, that was a very interesting spin on that, um, because if they're twenty three percent less likely, that still doesn't say who's more likely. Hmm. Yeah, that was a terrible spin on that. And I guess, like, if you want to get more in-depth data on that, mappingpoliceviolence.com is updating daily. So there's another resource for you rather than just taking a statistic from some dude.
2: It's that if you're going to send people, you can already, like, it's for cheap labor, right? We can already send that labor overseas to real slaves. So we're not (laughs) going to do it over here in America. Right. Yes,
3: exactly. (laughs) They're doing it for us overseas. They are.
0: I mean, it's... And yet again, it's in our constitution. So it's an option. It's a viable option and it is used. So like I I can understand that, yes, we use or American corporations use child labor and really low wage labor across the across the oceans. But that does not mean that we don't do it in the same way with our local prison population it would be ignorant to say that it is not happening to our prison population it's ridiculous
3: well yeah. and it, it's kind of like the voter id thing you know it, it basically and, and we've had people on this show that were black make the point that it's that black people are too stupid to get an id really that's what you're saying by this right you're right. saying that black people commit crimes because there's a police force that exists to well, get them the and put them have, in you, prison
0: yeah you have black people who right now in this country right now it, The systemic racism isn't just because there are police there to catch the black people who are breaking the laws. It is much deeper in that in the way that we have treated black people since they have been freed, mainly in the communities that we have gotten them into. If you want to even talk about the Tulsa massacre, which is a pretty, you know, it's only one of the massacres that happened, but it was on Black Wall Street, what was known as Black Wall Street in this America. One of the richest black communities in America was destroyed by a white supremacist riot. I, I can only imagine what the intergenerational wealth would have been contributed to that community had it not been curtailed by a bunch of racist white assholes. So when, we, when we're when we talking about systemic racism, racism in this country, it goes all the way back to where they started. And they started far behind the white man in, in this race. And so there's just so much historical context that constantly gets pushed out of the way out of this because it isn't the fact that the police are there and that's why there's higher crime. It's actually the fact that there's just low economic opportunity and crime does actually pay off when we talk about drug dealing, which is usually the most prominent and what most people are in drug for is nonviolent drug offending crimes. And that's why the war on drug is also... Or the war on drugs has also contributed to racist policy because it focused on condemning and demonizing black people. There's a lot of historical context being missed here. Like we're just cherry picking and then saying like, huh, that's weird that that this doesn't prove that there's racism going on when, when I don't look at the full picture. That's weird. And unfortunately, a big part of it is because they've been lied to.
1: I've talked about this in the past, and I don't ever want to use the word victim, but you have leftist propagandists, you have the George Soros, the James Camerons of the world, you have the CNN, the MSNBCs, and these are people who are died in the leftists. This is what I've talked about with Change My Mind, where you cannot change their mind at all. Mm -hmm. And so you have to make an example of them, like we're trying to do right now, to make sure that you understand the truth. And then there are people who buy into it, and those people aren't actively engaged in a lie. Unfortunately, they have been lied to, and that's many black Americans right now who believe that the police force is founded, uh, is rooted in the slave patrol, and it's Open season to hunt black people, and so what happens? You end up with more violence. You oh, end up with more riots. You end up with more revolts, and who does that hurt most? Again, black people in their communities. Keep in mind too, they commit crimes at a higher rate. This is a statistical reality. YouTube, Facebook, fact check it all you want. Send them to Snopes for all I care. Just make sure you send them a hard copy of Thomas Sowell's books. How about that for balance?
0: Um, and uh, they, they. Uh, let's just let's just move on here. Look, this is what happens. That's amazing. Like I, I, I don't remember. How many uh, references and sources that I've given? I think it's somewhere between four and five. Not a lot. You know, it's not a lot, but it's something, right? And each of them are, uh, the podcast itself is probably going to take you somewhere between six to eight hours to get through all of that. Uh, The books, depending on how fast you can read, are pretty decent reads. He offers you Thomas Sowell, and he's done it twice now. Thomas Sowell is also a liar. And he, he also misses context and he also distorts things. And he's kind of a revisionist in the same way that Crowder is too. So it's, don't just read Thomas Sowell. In fact, if you do read Thomas Sowell, try to think as critically as possible as you can to the words that he says, because I've watched many of his videos and he is just as much Candace Owens as Candace Owens is. In fact, he's probably the prerequisite to Candace Owens. And maybe maybe you don't agree or disagree with Candace Owens, but she definitely says a lot of, a lot of important things in my personal opinion. So this is what
1: happens as an example. We have a very clear example this week Yeah, of what happens when you don't have police. This is the end game in black areas. Mm-hmm. So here's a police call, I think, right? We have a police call of officers trying to help black citizens mm-hmm. uh, in the Floyd autonomous zone. Instead, the woman, who I believe was of color, we don't have the exact report right now, but that's what it seems to be, was bleeding out and has to be moved blocks away because of the Black Lives Matter activists and their antifatodes refusing to allow the police entry. Here's a bone-chilling police
2: call. 3021, is it possible to have her moved at least a block away, maybe 38 and 10? She is bleeding and cut everywhere, but
3: we'll
2: we'll call her back in half.
0: What's fascinating here is that Crowder gave, like, a separate headline to the headline of this. This from National File says, Minneapolis police refused to enter George Floyd Autonomous Zone, force bleeding woman to go to them. And yet, like, he framed it as they weren't letting them into the Autonomous Zone, which I would believe, because they don't normally want the police to go into these Autonomous Zones. Um. But the headline of this article says that the police refused. So let me see here. Got to do some autonomous research and development. Go to, to enter George Floyd autonomous zone. Enter. Do, 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 do national life i found the same article this is from seven days ago she is bleeding and cut everywhere but we'll call back and ask her to move a block away uh, let's see let's see here minneapolis police are refusing to enter the george floyd autonomous zone with emergency responders instructing a bleeding woman who was pushed out of a window to go to them Let's see. Known as George Floyd square or the free state of George Floyd the area surrounding the death site of Floyd has been operating as an autonomous zone independent from, Uh, this website is terrible. Oh my God. It just keeps scrolling and scrolling Uh, independent from control of the police or emergency services since September last year, encompassing seven to eight blocks in total, with police refusing to enter lest they face violent reprisals from radical antifa. So, I mean, yeah, they're refusing because they usually don't let them in. Yeah, that's true. One particularly disturbing incident took place at the end of last month, where a female victim was pushed out of a window in a domestic dispute on the corner of 38th and Elliott. Police dispatch audio revealed the... Attitude taken by police regarding breaching the George Floyd Autonomous Zone. Quote, is it possible to have her move at least a block away, maybe to 38th and 10th? Asked the police officer responding to her 911 call. Quote, she is bleeding and cut everywhere, but we'll call her back and ask her to move a block away, unquote. The dispatcher responded with the woman ordered to move despite her severe injuries. Multiple people have died within the George Floyd Autonomous Zone, with the police unable to respond to their calls. Lanisha Columbus, a pregnant black woman who was shot in the zone, and police uh, officers set up their staging area half a mile away from the incident. We'll meet at 34th and Elliot. No answer sirens, please. An officer told dispatch Columbus died more recently emaz wright was shot during a gang related shooting on march 6th police were informed that her and another victim would be carried to the edge of the zone wright died it was unfortunate it's truly unfortunate even before the autonomous zone had been properly created one man died due to caretakers of what was then just a memorial for george floyd blocking access to emergency services hmm And that's kind of the that's I have a bit of a criticism is that if we're going to have autonomous zones, I know that a lot of these protesters and organizations are working with little to no resources. But the unfortunate thing is, is if we're going to claim autonomy, you have to have alternatives. So I'm not too familiar with The situation going on specifically at the free state of George Floyd, but I would have to say that if they are not going to let police into the area, then it is kind of the community's duty to figure out how they are going to protect people. At this point because if you're not going to allow law enforcement to come in you do need peacekeeping because it seems that there have been multiple people killed already there still is violence and humanity so i would assume that you have to create a good alternative to the police force that you were supposedly keeping out and i would actually love to see success on that side so that we can see the suffrage within that zone go down but um yeah that's really unfortunate but this is a great opportunity, if you were going to have George Floyd Square, this is a great opportunity to create an alternative to the police law enforcement and do something about it. So, hmm. that's unfortunate. I wanted to get the the whole article in context because the, the headline and Crowder's reading were a little bit misleading. So, yeah.
2: After a little block
0: Oh, wow.
1: wow. Well, I'm so glad that white people are able to speak for the black community. Unbelievable.
3: I oh. almost would say get that the SWAT truck out and literally say, guys, in three seconds, we're coming through this area. Yeah. If your body has not left the space, it will be ejected. We're talking about yep. we're talking about a riot and insurrection on January 6th. You have had
1: for months people being shot, bleeding out in autonomous zones, yeah. which, by the way, Multiple. is treason okay is treason it's anarchy autonomous zones have been shot multiple people that woman's bleeding out the police
0: are too afraid to enter and not a peep because someone very fascinating to me um uh, because it's just like it seems contradictory to the position of a conservative that individual freedom is the highest of priority but a collective of individuals aren't allowed to have an autonomous zone that says hey we do we don't want uh, law enforcement or at least the state's law enforcement in there, which I find very fascinating as well because, you know, with um, the Second Amendment sanctuary cities, that's exactly what that is saying. is like saying, hey, we don't want federalized police. We don't want our local police, the ones who live within our community, to coordinate with federalized police to take away guns or the like. But yet when a community of people, the actual citizens of, of America, the true... Mm, Uh, constituents of democracy, when they choose to be autonomous in their own law enforcement, that's treason. And anarchy is treason, going through mutual aid and not necessarily... Like, they're ripping apart their dependency from the government, which is another conservative talking point mainly in the realm of talking about why people shouldn't be on welfare they they shouldn't be dependent on the government and when then they are not dependent on the government by saying hey we're going into our own autonomous zone and we're going to start our own community watch neighborhood watch what have you that's treason it's not open war announced against the country it's just saying hey we don't want a bunch of y'all's nonsense coming in here um they still have to pay taxes. Um, they s- everything operates. It's just basically the request of the community to not have to interact with the law enforcement which uh, kind of depends with the government that you're dealing with because a more tyrannical government would say, fuck you, we're bringing our police in and they would smash it and not allow your neighborhood watch or community peacekeeping force to operate. A democratic force may just recognize, hey, they don't want our help from our police departments and so they will create their own apparatus and we will work with them to cooperate properly so that we can have a civil discourse between communities. But we do not live in that world. We live in a world where automatically treason, that treason, Traitors, guillotine, end it. Someone wore a wore a Viking hat. Yeah, into the halls of
3: Congress. Exactly, because eight hundred people decided to get crazy out of two hundred thousand. Where somebody did get killed. Yeah, but. Just, and it was a yeah, through a, a window protestor. that was Protester. painted, yeah.
1: right? One of the people who was protesting.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. But, I think you know. we'll have a march about that at some point. Right? Yeah, we will. I mean, have it a probably. March. Yeah. It's yeah. And
0: here's something else. So we have the sniff test in the beginning. Scooter march. It's pretty great. It's the conservative argument is like if you're, you know, you're dating someone and then they beat you, and you're like, okay, I'm leaving you, and then you go and you date someone else, and then they beat you, and then your ex calls you up and is like, I heard you got beat. You miss me yet? And it's like. Mm, I don't like either of this. I, I don't like any of this. So again, I'm going to, I'm going to do something about it. Like it's, it's weird. Like, yeah. Like as soon as the police fuck up, we disrespect the police because they fuck up and it's their fuck up is a sign of, uh, is a sign of uh, disrespect towards us. And then we go to do our own thing. And because our own thing is experimental and, uh, ac- accidents happen, mistakes, Uh, the chaos is opened up so that we can create a new order out of it. Right. Um, because those things happen, people get hurt or people die that we're just supposed to run back to the arms of our former abuser. Like, don't you miss the police now? It's a horrible argument. Uh, Mainly because, like I said, if we're going to build these autonomous zones or if we're going to try something new, especially with socialists and people who are the farther left of the spectrum in politics, that you really like you can't convince people to take a position that is radical if you do not offer better alternatives. And most of these better alternatives are going to have to come through experimentation. But better alternatives nonetheless, at least trying something is the key here. Does it make sense that police, wait, are we the only country
1: with police? We were, Are we the only country with slaves? No. So, we, okay, the beginning, right, let's go from A to Z. Okay, A doesn't pass the sniff test. But now, let's use another, again, rationalizing technique here, okay? The Socratic method. So let's say that today, mm-hmm. go, let's go with their premise, right, and that's their end game. no police.
0: Yeah, Socratic method, like, really going about, really always begins with let's say, where, you know, you start with a hypothetical, and then you can actually do no that's this is oh god i hate i hate that phrase because that means you have he's shifting the goalposts so here we go
1: at least you see what happens okay if the government were to be outright racist and hell-bent on subjugating disenfranchised citizens
0: uh, like it was before 1865
1: um let's say specifically of a a, a, of an individual race yeah let's say black people
3: Mm.
1: what would be an important safeguard against it the government wants to use the cops as a roundup force for a specific group of people what would be something important to prevent that from happening mm.
2: the police
0: <laughs> close second amendments yeah second amendment there you go well good except the thing is though is that before, and then for some reason on top of their bulletproof vests, now they're all holding revolvers god damn it this is cringe Um, the thing is though, is when black people were slaves and they created a, the, the private entities or the slave owners created a force to round up the slaves, the slaves were not legally allowed to own guns either. They didn't have any of the rights that were within our constitution. So using that as an argument, uh, doesn't fit in that context. So let's try again in the early 1900s. Um, I'm not actually 100% sure in the context of whether or not a lot of uh, black uh, families or individuals actually owned guns before then, uh, before Jim Crow separated, or uh, before the end of Jim Crow. I do know that a lot of uh, legislation come the Black Panther movement removed a lot of guns from black people at that time. Um... Which, you know, again, the police were used to round up those guns. Huh. So he's making the argument that the Second Amendment is what's going to protect you from police. But then um, Adam Toledo, who dropped his gun before the cops shot him, also deserved to die. Huh. Huh. The 13-year-old who dropped a gun. Um hmm. Yeah, and you remember what happened to Philando Castile? He also had a gun, and he informed the officer who was waiting for his registration and insurance that there was a gun in his glove compartment. And as he was going to get his registration and his insurance for the police officer after informing him that there was a gun in his Glove compartment, the police officer proceeded to draw his gun, scream, and then shoot him. So saying, hey, if you want to be protected from the police, the Second Amendment is your thing. As if like Crowder, the propagandist, would, wouldn't argue for your justified death for shooting back at the police. Because they did that with uh, Brianna Taylor's boyfriend. They they did a no no knock warrant raid on Brianna Taylor's house. Um they did knock. Didn't they they announced once that they were police, scared the Brianna Taylor's boyfriend to death after breaking down the door. He proceeded to fire back at them and then they fired more shots towards him and Brianna killing Brianna. And yet it was mostly the boyfriend's fault since he shot at police. But the state found him not guilty because he did not know they were police. So we're making the conservative argument that the Second Amendment is necessary to defeat tyranny. But then when it comes into actual anecdotal evidence or a event that happens in reality it is eventually used argue, it, it, the argument is then used against the perpetrator as well they shouldn't have been resisting police they shouldn't have been shooting at police and they shouldn't have been doing what they were doing but of course it's since we're talking about white people here they know that the second amendment is much closer and protected for them
1: good good trigger control Dave yeah, can take yeah. some
0: notes now
1: the well- second
2: in is- hell,
1: <laughs> and this is something that's interesting because we've heard people make this argument: the Second Amendment was used to keep slaves, right? Because I'm saying yeah. the Second yeah. Amendment would be important today if you don't even Raz, the war leader, the Coney of uh, of
0: Chaz in Seattle, the was man with a forty thousand
2: dollar music yeah. grant,
0: yes, exactly. And <laughs> AR fifteen. I like how they 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 point Raz as like the Coney leader or a leader of like the the Seattle uh, autonomous zone, Chaz. Um I like how they they anointed him to that position when like nobody else at at the autonomous zone did that like he was just a very loud activist, and uh the right wing media cling to him because he said a lot of uh controversial things and so they used him to represent the movement as in its in its entirety when uh that's just again not grounded in reality. there's a nugget of truth in there, but it popcorned into a bunch of bullshit 15s that he handed out to minors.
3: Right.
1: Um, they even understand how important that Killer Mike and he's a moron. They understand yeah. the importance of the second oh, amendment. Oh, I like it. But the left one
0: <laughs> Like why would you even use like why would you use him to prove your point? He's like even Killer Mike understands the need of the second amendment and he's an idiot. Like that proves your point. <laughs> Yeah no um yeah leftists there there's leftists that own guns and that see fit uh see it fit that the proletariat be armed I think it even says in the communist manifesto that um by no means should the proletariat be disarmed or something like that like that the working class uh should never give up their guns I think Karl Marx had said something like that so there like the John Brown Club is a uh, left wing militia group. Um, I never see them being uh, watched on Militia Watch, but uh, I'm very, very aware of them. The John Brown Club was uh, some of the people who were up at the Chaz area when that was going on. I'm not sure if any of them are in Minneapolis. For you know, To be perfectly honest with you, the John Brown Club is actually pretty um, under the radar as far as the media goes in a lot of cases, but um, they're named after John Brown, who was the abolitionist. Uh, his birthday was like, or i guess the anniversary of his birthday was uh, may 9th and he attempted to actually start a slave revolt it did end badly but you know he's a fucking legend for trying
1: wants you to believe that second Amendment was used to keep slaves this is something you'll see again if you type in second amendment slaves in google if you type in second amendment in youtube you will find nothing but second amendment used to collect slaves here's what's interesting about that not only is that not accurate it's The exact opposite of the truth. So I I found this interesting in colonial uh, America, basically the late antebellum South, right, where slave patrols would have existed.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: They were the first places to implement modern gun laws. And I knew this before I started doing research on this yesterday. I knew they were the first place to implement modern gun laws. So I was writing this segment out. I didn't know that there were specific, the Virginia Slave Code made disarmament of blacks mandatory to prevent insurrections. So I knew that it was a roundabout way. So this is one thing we talk about quite a bit, right?
0: that's very weird. He used the Second Amendment. He's like, if you want to protect yourself from slave patrol, Second Amendment. And as we all know, slaves didn't have any amendments on their side. But also then too, he brings up the fact that like uh, Virginia, right? Virginia, or was it? Uh, do, 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 do. Let me see here. Uh, for prevention where of uh, future be it enacted, uh, the King's most excellent Majesty. With all, 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 all. Yeah, um, I think it was Virginia,
1: let's see. And insurrections. So I knew that of blacks, I didn't know that there were specific, the Virginia Slave Code made.
0: Yeah, Virginia Slave Code. So like, yeah, they disarmed black people. Yeah, yeah. And how does this prove your point? That like, because like there was at no point where they really allowed to defend themselves.
1: Disarmament of blacks mandatory to prevent insurrections. So I knew that it was a wow. roundabout way. So this is one thing we talk about quite a bit, right? We talk about Jim, Crow, Democrat laws, Jim Crow in the yeah. South, right? We talk about them trying to infringe on the civil, Democrats, civil rights. Um, we talk about them sort of disenfranchised literacy tests. Okay.
0: All from Democrats, by the way, why don't we talk about the specific. All right, see and Crowder's not wrong. Is that like Democrats did start a lot of those racist policies, but Republicans were the ones who clinged on it in the late, you know, in the second half of the 20th century so um you can blame democrats for starting the racist policies but you can uh, then blame republicans for clinging on to them and refusing to let go of them for the past shit like almost 100 years
1: targeting in this country by removing firearms exclusively from people of color, and by the way, today let's just change that to extremists. Today let's just change that to mental health issues. You took a Xanax, you can't have a gun. Republicans. Let's, let's just change say that. it to Republicans. Yeah, because
0: that's really how what it is, is this a problem? I like how he he was able to conflate all of that. You know, they had the pretext to take the guns away from the black people, and then they came for the mental health. And then they came for the Republicans. Like, what a conflation, honestly. But the thing is, too, is that back then, when that slave code was written, saying the disarmament of uh, black people was enacted into law, uh, it was mostly muskets and swords. You know, we didn't have guns that would uh, have a a semi-auto and full-auto switch. So... um. Well, I do support the the Second Amendment to an extent. Um, our guns have increased in kill capacity, and so with our Second Amendment absolutism, I I mostly worry about the mental health of America, and I feel like there's not enough discussion going into the mental health crises that we face in America that would lead to us having twenty six mass shootings in a month, and I'm talking about this month, so.
2: Though once Lady Antebellum, the band changed their name to Lady A. Well, I they think, stole yeah. it
0: from a black lady yeah, and who then got sued pissed. a black lady. Oh. Well, it was all
2: it was I all thought done, that man. fixed everything.
1: It did, yeah. So sort of- there's actually Chief <laughs> there's Justice no uh, Justice Taney ruled in Dred versus Scott. I am the law. One Dreds that blacks could not be considered citizens because it would give them the right to keep and bear arms.
3: Unbelievable.
1: So again, it was often used as a rema- the final remaining measure of targeting and subjugating mm. Southern I
2: lives. feel
3: stupid you know, about my answer because I had a gun in my hand. Yeah, you know who else <laughs> was feel really, powerful with your answer? really fond do. of uh, disarming populations that they wanted to oppress? I think you're going to Hitler? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, Pol Pot, too. So Pol Pot, I mean, yeah. Cut from the same There's cloth. probably more. Stalin? There's probably yeah, quite Stal- a few. Mussolini? Oh, there's like all these guys. They're I don't all, like, give really none bad, of my prisoners really weapons. Yeah. This is an example.
0: Yeah, the UK. You want to talk about the UK who also has like like their citizens don't even have handguns. Like honestly, you god damn dude, just the the disingenuous like framing that constantly goes into these shows like the UK doesn't uh, really allow guns. A lot of Europe, the European Union doesn't really have uh absolutism in guns as we do. I think like the most of like the gun freedoms that we see in this country are usually like similar to those of third world countries. Um, yeah, no, it's just so fascinating that, 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 that would be the argument there is that like, since Democrats took the weapons away from blacks in, you know, the early 1800s and 1900s, that makes them closer to Hitler and Mussolini um, when that's, you know, just kind of been the norm throughout the rest of the world. um yeah yeah and still like still just ignoring how republicans have contributed since 1865 to the further disenfranchisement of black american citizens regardless of their freed abolition status so
1: example of white people Speaking for black people, saying the
0: police force is racist. The police force was rooted in slavery. But it's also fascinating, too, because he really just broke down in one segment specifically talking about their right to bear arms, how the the system was racist towards black people. And yet conservatives constantly argue that there has never been and never will be and never has been. All of that, just there's no systemic racism and there's no proof of evidence. And then when they're making this argument that Democrats are racist, it's a systemic problem. So it's just... It's just so disingenuous and it really hurts me because it's just partisan hackery. I like really who's out here to represent the American people, not CNN, not Fox news, but the American people, just the people who live and feed their families and go to work and, you know, get dogs, buy products and try to Yolo all the way to the grave who represents them. Honestly, it's crazy. Because black people don't agree with them.
1: Now, I don't believe that polls should be the
0: basis of laws.
1: I do believe, however, that when you are specifically addressing one community, saying this is what we need to do to help this community, I do think in that scenario it is relevant what that community thinks. That's where a poll is relevant. You don't say most Americans like theft, therefore socialism. It doesn't matter, we have a constitution. But if you say, and you wanna go against the constitution, you say we don't need a police force because it hurts black people, then it's important to say, hold on a second, hold on a second, black people. Does that uh, 95-year-old .com, .gov, uh, white hair, blue eye, does he speak for you? I thought the number was 68 percent, 81 percent of blacks wow. right now in this country support at least as much police presence in their neighborhoods that exist, if not more. That comes from Newsweek. Wow. You can go to a link in the description for all the details.
0: Hmm. I do want to see that link. I actually do want to see that link. Let's see here. Do 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 do. Uh, wow. It's not in the description. what the fuck it's not in the description there's part one then there's like three hashtags so that it'll get in the algorithm then there's shop the official uh ladder with crowder store then there's the want to watch the full show every day join mug mug club there's the link for that there's a promo code for 69 dollars a year if you're a veteran or if you're a student or military. Wait, use promo code student veteran military to get daily access for 60. Bruh, like, do you actually have to prove you're a student or a veteran or in the military? Because if not, then, like, why are you letting your fans LARP like that? That's fucked up. Why are you letting your du- people LARP as if they're going to school or have fought in the military? Oh, God um anyways uh follow me on twitter you know there's his facebook there's behind the scenes footage on instagram where's that link crowder you said it's in the description crowder where it be where it at though i don't see it so i guess i gotta look it up myself because that's 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 what i get the news reported to me for is to fucking verify it on my own uh newsweek Police support black communities. Poll. Ugh. Said he said the link was in the description. I'm I'm fucking pissed now. I found it. All right. Uh, one percent of Americans don't want less police presence, despite protests. Some want more cops. This is the poll. A majority of black Americans have said they want police presence in their area to either remain the same or increase despite recent protests over police brutality, according to new polls. I did see that last year. Yeah. A Gallup poll conducted from June 23rd to July 6th, surveying more than 36,000 U.S. adults, found that 61% of black Americans said they'd like like to or would like police to spend the same amount of time in their community. A Gallup poll conducted of 36,000 US adults. Hmm. Now, my curiosity, that is a good like pool of people for a poll. I'm just curious as to what community did they ask, you know? Like who who did they ask? Is it in Washington D.C. because it like the article here comes from Washington D.C. So Washington D.C. whether asked uh, when asked whether they want the police to spend more time uh, the same amount or the time same amount of time or less time than they currently do in their area most Black Americans which again I feel like when they my hard thing about studies is that they'll say most Black Americans or they'll say most Americans but it's like always a small pool of americans that are doing the poll to represent most americans so it's very strange to me you okay rosie rose you okay okay i'm just checking you okay yeah my my dog was dreaming pretty hard um so 61% uh this is similar to the 67% of all US adults preferring the status quo including 71% of white Americans meanwhile nearly equal proportions of black Americans say they would like the police to spend more time in their area 20% as they would uh, 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 uh. so it says black Americans 20% want more time spent in their neighborhoods 61 percent want the same amount of time and less want less percent uh, 19. it seems like pretty much across the board is that everybody wants about the same amount of time that police spend in their neighborhoods um but again i always just kind of question because each neighborhood is going to be different so when they say most i i don't know man i don't mean to be that kind of skeptic right now, but it's just strange frequency with black americans thirty two percent said they see police very often forty one said sometimes and twenty seven percent said rarely, and it's pretty much consistent across the board. But I guess seeing police and spending amount of time in your neighborhoods isn't necessarily have anything to do with the actual encounters that people have with police. But I guess if they had more negative encounters, they would like to see the police in their na- in their communities a lot less to say that if com- uh, police were actually contributing to worsening conditions. Um, but yeah... Black Americans' preference for the amount of time police spend in their area is modestly related to their expectation about receiving fair treatment. However, 59% of the relatively small group of black Americans who are not at all confident that the police would treat them with courtesy and respect want the police to spend less time in their neighborhood. Hmm. Interesting. Majority of all other black Americans, including those who are not too confident about receiving considerate police treatment, want the police to spend the same amount of time with additional percentages favoring more time. Notably, simply having an interaction with the police in the past year has no bearing on Americans' preference uh, for local police presence in the area. 79% of those who have had interaction with the police in the past 12 months say they want the police to spend more or the same amount of time. Hmm. The bottom line is it's not so much the volume of interactions black americans have with the police that troubles them or differentiates them from other racial groups but rather the quality of those interactions that's what i was saying all right most of black americans want the police to spend at least as much time in their area as they currently do indicating that they have value the need for this they, they value the need for the service that police provide however that exposure comes with more trepidation for black than white or hispanic americans about what they might experience in a police encounter And those harboring the least confidence that they will be treated well or who have had negative encounters in the past are much more likely to want police presence curtailed. Thought so. So, yeah, there's data from 36,000 Americans to represent all of America, but all right.
1: That comes from Newsweek. Wow. You can go to Latter with Credit Duck. i the link in the description for all the details, it's all the f- sources. Let's go to, when people say Republicans are the... There
0: so a- I have to go to his website to get sources on the specific episode rather than, the, than them just putting it into the description box of the episode? That's fucking cool.
1: The racist flip. Look okay. at that traffic. So let's go back in history. All right, so what do we have as far as Democrat racist policies back then? And I don't just want to say, you're racist. No, you're racist. You no, let's look at A. To Z, yeah. look at the past. Let's look at today. Confederacy, Southern Democrats. Jim Crow, Southern Democrats. Opposition to civil rights, largely Democrats. Robert Byrd, fourth in line, for-
0: largely Democrats. Again, like he's ignoring the. I've, I've, I'm, i I'm, going in a loop. <laughs> I don't need to say it. The Republicans were the ones who like really clinged on to Jim Crow during the civil rights uh, fight back in the 1950s and 60s. I'm not going I'm not gonna rehash all of that. And even now, to this day uh the w- w- the last uh, duke whatever the fuck his name was the wizard of the kkk he ran for office as a republican if that doesn't tell you where racism is going in america then i don't know what will
1: for the presidency if, if oh. planes went down under barack obama who used the n-word repeatedly on air was the one who stood up and filibustered the civil rights act democrats gun control laws exclusively democrats now let's look at democrats today Well, here's the thing. People will say, no, no, no." now they're trying to correct it. It's still racism because it is seeing everything through the prism of race. You created gun control laws because you didn't want black people to have guns. You created literacy tests because you didn't. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Hold on. Let's see who was president. Hold on. Hold on the president doesn't have all the power they're just a representation of really what the the direction the government's taking so hold on um <laughs> let's see here let's see here i'd type that in sking terrible ah oh. let's see here let's see here the mulford act was a 1967 california bill that repealed a law allowing public carrying of loaded firearms named after republican assemblyman don mulford and signed into law by governor of california ronald reagan the bill was uh, crafted with the goal of disarming members of the Black Panther Party who were lawfully conducting and armed patrols of Oakland neighborhoods in what would later be termed cop-watching. Do you see that? How much, like, research can do for you? Like, it? that's awesome. He's like that's a Democrat policy, that's a Democrat policy, and that's a Democrat policy. And then when he got to the guns, I was like, no, 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 no. There's a very specific Republican here I'm thinking of that targeted the black community for their guns, and you guessed it, it was governor at the time. Ronald, Republican, Messiah, Reagan. Awesome, awesome, Crowder, awesome didn't want black people to vote you cre-
1: you guys oppose the civil rights act because democrats didn't want black people again to vote so even if you look today and you say well today though they uh they
0: lyndon b johnson signed the civil rights act into law lyndon b johnson was oh shit you guessed it a democrat i'm not gonna give democrats really that much Credit, because they still suck in my book, but for the most part, they have turned their race relation history in a slightly better degree. Again, they fucked up all over again in the 1990s with the criminal bill, just making harsher punishments for drug possessions. Uh, That was Bill Clinton and Joe Biden really focusing in on that together as two supreme white men. But um, they're not a perfect party, but they have been better than the Republicans uh, in the past 70 years. So... Not much better, but, eh, eh, you know, eh. like like Obama said, Republicans and Democrats are fighting in between the 40-yard lines.
1: They support affirmative action. You support affirmative action because you exclusively believe that black people cannot make it into universities if not for your help. Just Mm. like
0: black people couldn't possibly want the police force. Yeah, imagine that. Like, imagine if, like, when like Abraham Lincoln I think the 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 legend or the myth goes that allegedly after Abraham Lincoln was to uh had finally won the civil war and freed the slaves that there was a promisement of 40 acres and a mule. Um that that in a way would have been the first affirmative action that actually would have increased the material conditions for black people at the moment that would have given them a bit of a leg ahead than they did actually receive after Lincoln was assassinated which was you guessed it nothing. So, yeah, you can get mad at affirmative action uh, giving people a leg up these days because of their color of skin. But I'm more mad at it that it's fucking 200 years too late.
1: Even though they, when polled, every single time say, you're wrong and you don't speak for them. Not to mention, of course, they look through the lens of race and they say, oh, an Asian, we have to get them out of Stanford. Yeah. Yeah. Everything back then was seen through the prism of race And that was seen as, of course, let's oppress these people.
0: And How can you not actually fix all of the racist policies in the past, which were seen through race, which were enacted through the eyeballs of racists? How can you not alleviate or fix those problems by then observing through race and enacting laws in that in the same way that the Chinese uh, Exclusion Act uh, banned Chinese immigrants from moving either into the country or even out of the country you would then have to look at how can we alleviate that and you would call that a racist policy just because it's trying to help people based on the color of their skin or ethnic origin there's no way of escaping racist policy if we have to elite or, or fix our past discriminatory legislation with now new uh, uh, equitable it, it's equitable at this point because we've handicapped everyone who wasn't a Christian white male. So we've had to move forward with equitable policies and legislation to try and fix all of that bullshit that we forced their, our, all of our ancestors through. So um, you can get mad at the fact that we have to do racist shit now to fix the racist shit then. But it's not going to be fixed so long as you have a reactionary position against it just because it isn't white people being helped this time
1: now today every policy that you look at from the democrats that is designed to come and help you in the name of anti-racism is predicated on the idea that you were oppressed and even though we're talking about hundreds of years ago you're so incapable now that let us step in and help let us step in and make sure you can get a several hundred point score uh, lower score
0: in the sats let us step in but that's the thing though is that like the 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 probability of someone moving from the economic ladder from like working class, low income, poor all the way up to like the top 1% is really lower than 1% the the, the uh, like the probability of someone doing that is really low so the opportunity only to move into the middle class is a higher percentile and you still have to afford them the opportunities to do so because with the, the lack of intergenerational wealth means that they might not have the likelihood to go to a college that is incredibly expensive without a scholarship so like yes there's a level of work that they can do to achieve this but then there also has to be other variables that go into it like a house like a healthy household a good school that puts them on the right track to going to a college there's so many variables so it's not that they're incapable it's just that it's extremely difficult and if we could honestly give people support into moving upwards on the economic ladder as being their one stepping stone to at least get them started on that economic ladder i see no problem with it i don't I really don't, but Crowder does because he thinks people should be able to pull themselves up by their bootstrap, which is actually like an impossible thing to do and move on from there. So it's very unfortunate, unepathetic and just not compassionate way of viewing the world.
1: and make sure that uh you don't have any police because that's what you want they were racist yesterday they were racist today and they will be racist tomorrow the
0: closest remember when crowder made fun of that guy at the beginning of his hair like at at the beginning because he said that he like electrocuted himself before his interview and that's why he had that hair that's that subtle racism that he seems to have completely forgotten about and is blaming democrats of the 19 or of the 18 Fifty, the the eighteen fifties through the nineteen twenties and the nineteen sixties. He's blaming those Democrats as more racist than his even dog whistly racist racism that he's been doing throughout this entire segment.
1: Cool thing you have with Republicans is voter ID, and that knows no racial boundaries. I think that Gerald, who's really white needs an ID just as much as Get a white vest. Yeah. Uncle Tim Scott, as Democrats uh, lovingly refer to him. So again, the sniff test, if you go, okay, look, let's say that Donald Trump is a horrible racist who didn't have Arsenio Hall clearly uh, act as a diversity win on Celebrity Apprentice. <laughs> let's assume that everything you say is correct. Yeah. But these policies have led to record low black unemployment. They've actually consistently decreased crime uh, until we had the modern pandemic an excuse to riot. So. Would you, again, the sniff test say, let's go the complete opposite direction to help blacks? You had eight years. Yeah. Blacks weren't doing better. Three years, exponentially better. If you're in this to help black Americans, why would you go the opposite direction? Yeah. it doesn't pass the sniff test and you guys again you can comment uh you can just comment below uh you can't come on right now when it's live but afterwards yeah. which yeah. one do you think is the most egregious i think the closest thing that people might say for republicans is um you know nixon and the war on drugs and i think that there's some legitimacy to that claim
0: yeah and we'll go oh yeah. wow. just wow that he's like there's legitimacy to nixon and the war on drugs but we'll get into that some other time <laughs> even though like throughout this whole thing kind of going through and refuting a bunch of shit that he said, even the article that he, he, he posed in the first segment was like a complete um, opposition of his entire argument. There's plenty of evidence of systemic racism. And I even brought up the fact that, you know, Ronald Reagan and Don Mulford focused on taking guns away from the black party or the black Panther party. So it's just, yeah, of course he's just like, I've done my job. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree fully. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Well, and he finally had a president stand up and say, you can do it. If you go out and take full advantage of the system that everybody has access to, you can be a success in life. You don't have to depend on us. Go do it. And they what did. What the
0: actual fuck is he talking about? That they finally had a president who said you could do that. That's literally been every president since, um, oh, what's his name? Hoover. <laughs> like- Yeah, FDR did, like, come through and do a bunch of that, like, New Deal shit, but, like, every, every president runs on the idea that every American can achieve the American dream, which is basically what he just said. So, like, that is weird to say, like, oh, finally, we had a president that said you can do anything when, like, literally, that's what every president runs on is that, like, I will help you achieve the American dream.
3: Black people said, I'm empowered to go do this. I'm going to go do this. I, I can do it. Right. That's exactly what happened under Donald Trump, and yet he was called a racist.
0: Yeah. Well, I think Because
3: they didn't like it. They were taking black people out of being dependent on the government. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-
0: yeah, no, no, there was, no, I'm not going to get into why Donald Trump was racist. That's a tired, dead horse at this point. But, like, good God, guys, come on.
1: I mean, you, you would think that, hey, you know what, having safer neighborhoods and having record low unemployment would be important.
3: Yeah. Because I thought all we had to do for Mexico is make sure that they had jobs so that they wouldn't be coming over the border. I thought that was a good thing for people to have Well,
1: jobs. there are a lot of Mexican-Americans who do have jobs. It's MS-13 crowding our prisons, ah. who for some reason we're not allowed to send
2: back. And having intercourse at bus stops. <laughs> Jeez.
0: there you go right there there that that's it right there why why do people call donald trump racist is because he was the prerequisite to that racist ass shit that you just said right now about mexicans and because it's about mexicans during a segment about black people it's less racist okay sure
1: (laughs) well you know what canadians have been known to do that too it's the only place to keep warm
0: all right yeah cool well I don't think I have time for Ben Chaperone's video now. Um, I'll have to do a two-parter on Ben tomorrow. Probably this video that he did here um, that I was going to cover and then his Israel coverage. I'll do that all tomorrow. That's That's been today's talks. The talks the, the talk zone is now detoxed and I'm feeling exhausted as fuck because I haven't done a two-hour episode in a minute. But goddamn, Crowder. God damn, are you and your crew very dumb? Are just like willfully ignorant because it makes you money. It's either you're really stupid. And you don't know the historical context and just don't have the time to actually do the full research, or don't have the money to pay someone to do the full research and then tell you about it, or you're being willfully ignorant in the, you know, in the pursuit of a political agenda. I mean, I'm I'm kinda on the fence of either really dumb or really political. I can't figure it out. Maybe it's a mix of both. Who really knows? But thank you for joining me on Talks News. This has been an episode for sure. Um, Follow me on Twitter at ToxinPod2XN, P-O-D. The YouTube channel is linked in the description below. Um, If you're listening to this on the YouTube, hopefully someday I get my video back up, but you can also listen to this on any podcast platform that you prefer. Shouts out to Anchor, which allows me to do this for free and distribute it to all of those platforms. And other than that, um, live free or die hard the Bruce Willis way. That's how. Commenting the episode? Okay. Well, peace out.